Hour number three, Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025, the game on this doom and gloom. Now Monday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good start to your week. Darren McFarlane, Chase McCabe alongside Ryan Porth behind the glass today. We'll check in with Willie Donick out in Vegas. It'll be the Predators and Golden Knights tomorrow night, 9 o'clock puck drop. I'll have pregame for you at 8 o'clock as uh, they have already started their first road trip of the season. Unfortunately, falling to the hands of Los Angeles Saturday afternoon slash evening, 7 to 4. We say hello to Vince Ferrara, WNML, the sports animal in Knoxville. Wasn't a whole lot of good that came out of this area. Vanderbilt gets smoked at home by UNLV. MTSU's leading at the half. They lose to the lane train. We know we've been talking for the last two hours what the Titans did. The Predators, unfortunately, fall in Los Angeles. But holy crap, there's a Vols win. Vinny, how are you? I'm good, guys. And Tennessee fans, this weekend we're celebrating the fact that Tennessee won, Florida and Georgia both lost. So, I mean, those kind of weekends have not happened very often. So it was uh, it was pretty strange. But, hey, you know, Tennessee fans, with everything they've been through, good for them to celebrate in however way they want to with the with the W. Can you believe Georgia lost that game? And of all, oh, the, I, all the ways, I mean, it's one thing. Like South Carolina's kicker, if they lost that game, they should have left him in Athens. Just leave him. Like that was inexcusable how pathetic he was at the end of the game. But then to have Blankenship come in, who's revered as maybe the best in the country, miss a field goal for Georgia to lose? Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Hadn't missed a kick all year and then missed two in that game. And that was obviously the second one. Um, I was kind of keeping an eye on it during the Tennessee game. Uh, but I'll, I'll go back and watch it. But it just stunning. Now, I wasn't surprised that South Carolina hung around with Georgia. You know, those noon kicks at times can be a little bit of an equalizer. And, you know, I think overall, Linsky's done a good job. But, man, throwing the ball, Jake, watch Jake Fromm throwing the ball. I love him, but he shouldn't be throwing the ball 51 times when generally no one can stop you running the football. And so, yeah, just really, really strange the way that, that went down. But, hey, it's college football, you know? Is their season over or – do they have to win in Atlanta? Well, I guess if they get to Atlanta, I guess I yeah. should a little, little quick there to, to say that. I mean, how do you think this is going to play out now with a loss like that? I think they can. I think they can still get there and win. I mean, there's no guarantee that it's going to be Alabama on that side. And look, we've seen Georgia teams lose and even look much worse than this. Remember a couple of years ago against Auburn. And then figure things out, and that was kind of the wake up call they needed, and and then they looked dominant after that. You know, it would be interesting if they get back to the SEC championship game, but they don't face Alabama this time because I think that would be a difficult hurdle for them. But if it's an LSU, then you know maybe if if they if they went out to me and you beat a Florida team and you know whoever you play from the West, I think those are some pretty significant wins. I still think they can get there. It just depends on who else is on the table with what at the time. But, no, it's it's not over for for them. I, I think I saw a percentage, 11% chance to get in. You, you're the SEC, and you, if you look good down the stretch, you can, you can make up ground and, and get in there with help. 
Georgia still has Florida, of course, in Jacksonville. First uh, Saturday in November at Auburn, home against A&M, home against Missouri, at Georgia Tech, and then, you know, we'll see if what's after that. But I'll tell you what, November 9th, that weekend in Tuscaloosa is setting up for the college football game of the year, right? Yep. Yeah, we're one and two right now, absolutely. And you know, I bought into LSU going into the year, and you I did. I remember I on this show you said it. I, I didn't go so far to put him in the in the playoff because I thought, you know, look, even though I I really think three of the four best teams in college football are from the SEC, I, I I didn't think they would put three in, and you thought Georgia had a little bit easier road out of the out of the East and go undefeated losing the championship game and still get in. But, you know, I, I still think that there's there's definitely a chance for the loser of that game, if that's their only loss, with as impressive as the rest of their schedule will be, especially LSU, uh, who has a little bit m- a more difficult schedule. I, I think that they can still get in even if they lose a close game to an Alabama and not in the SEC championship game. So let's talk about the win. They beat Mississippi State. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, were you surprised, or did you think that's how it was going to play out? No, I picked Mississippi State to win. Not, I wasn't shocked. I guess it was a, the most surprising thing. Two things were most surprising. One, defense played by far its best game this year, and then we've seen from them in, in a while. Maybe going back to Kentucky last year. That that's I think the biggest difference in the game is Tennessee had seven sacks in the game, something they hadn't done in over a decade, and they had ten tackles for loss. Tennessee had nineteen tackles for loss on the season through their first five games. They ranked a hundred twenty fourth in the nation entering the ball game in tackles for a loss, and they had ten in the game. So I think I think that was the biggest thing is their defense gave them a chance during a lot of germ, a lot of losses during the Jeremy Pruitt era. It's been the defense can't stop anybody. You can you can talk about QB play all you want. They're not stopping anybody on that side of the ball. It doesn't matter. It's just a it it just changes what the final score is. So in terms of wins and losses, that's the area that can make the biggest difference into wins and losses for this team. And so that they played much better than we'd seen them, so that was a surprise. The other thing is how dumb Mississippi State plays football. <laughs> I mean, some of their decisions, like there's a Joe Doyle punt for Tennessee. It's rolling inside the 20, and it's inside just inside the 10-yard line, 8 or 9-yard line. There's three or four still kind of barely rolling. There's three or four Tennessee players sort of huddled around it, waiting for it to come to a stop, and Mississippi State's punt returner jumps on the ball. Isn't that amazing how many <laughs> so, times we see that? It's unbelievable. <laughs> what, what, there is zero positive that can come <laughs> out of that scenario. Because guess what? If you're jumping on the ground to get the ball, you can't get back up. <laughs> it's, I mean, and they also fielded uh, – they had a kickoff – that bounced uh, away from the away from the returner, and and then he picked it up inside his own five when he could have got a touchback, uh, and then ran it out and started the ball game with bad field position. And then both of the quarterbacks were really bad, holding on to the ball too long, just throwing balls up for grabs, 
terrible decisions, terrible quarterback play. I was that that to me was the most was the most surprising thing is, geez, how uh, the the I the football IQ of Mississippi State, the Tennessee played its best game. I'm not taking anything away from them, but man, Mississippi State certainly contributed to to Tennessee having opportunities that they took advantage of. What did you think of Mowers' play before he got hurt? Overall, very good. I still think that he has given them their best quarterback play this season. And, you know, he did a lot of the things that were impressive in his first outing when he came in in, in relief last week. And he gets the ball out of his hands quick, and he's decisive. Uh, I think he's given his team some juice. He's certainly given the fans some juice because they feel like now they have some some hope moving forward or more hope not everybody but those that that ha- didn't really believe in Jared Garantano anymore so i think those are all positives the thing is is that and we see this in the NFL you can throw for all the yards you want you can make throws that impress people and get you all excited but if you throw interceptions don't those don't just count for one play and it, you went, especially when you make those throws in the end zone, in the red zone, and you're taking points away. So his some of those both of those decisions with his interceptions in the end zone when they had a chance for points were just awful, awful decisions. And that's kind of part of his demeanor. He's a gunslinger. He believes in himself, in his arm. But man, he's got. Yeah, yes, freshmen are going to make some of those plays too. But uh, the, those things he has got to figure out and learn quickly because those don't just count. Just like all the other plays, ask Jameis Winston if he was just a couple throws away from uh, having ask, a good game. Ask Baker Mayfield what throwing picks right. in the end zone does to your team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you, you those. Those count have are are weighted much more than just a regular throw, uh, so you know we'll see. And, and Jeremy Pruitt mentioned too, you know, times not getting them in the in the right you know run play on RPO type of decisions, and you know so there's things he can he can improve on. But overall, I still think he has given them improved quarterback play, and now moving forward, if he can build off of those things and kind of reel it in a. A little bit. I I, I think they're um, you know they're solid. So overall, I think he had a a pretty good game. Now we don't know his status moving forward. Jeremy Pierre was asked about you know his availability. He said he practiced a little bit last night. Really? He thinks he'll he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. If I were him, I'd say I'll be ready for South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's just, just well, me. take next it, week off. <laughs> I would just kind of take next week off. Just me personally. It. it I mean, it's interesting you say that because look at the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mason Rudolph. They they kind of took that approach. Like, I think some of that the way they made it seem on the on the NBC broadcast is that from an optic standpoint, you know, you you gotta you gotta give him give him a game, right? You know, off of a concussion, sure. Whether he he can function or not, and then you assume you're you're probably going to take potentially quite a, a a pounding against Alabama. Uh, I, you know, I asked Jeremy Pruitt about Maurer because he, when he fell on his head, he still played a couple plays after that, 
and um, and then he was it, he came off after that when he came to the sideline. I think it was after the pick, and then that's when he had the concussion. And you know, he said that, you know, hey, that's when uh, you know found out he had a concussion, and and that was that. So I, I don't I don't know how much that factored in, but. You know, when he was asked about his availability, he said, yeah, he practiced last night. He'll wow. be fine. So, okay. Uh, it's hard to say. Man, I did not expect to hear that, especially this soon. Interesting. By the way, the Tennessee is like a 35-point underdog. Dallas Sounds about right. 35-point underdog. Yikes. We'll come back. More with Vince Ferrara on the other side. By the way, you can follow him on Twitter, at Vince Sports. He's with WNML, the sports animal in Knoxville. That's next. We're back, Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 102.5 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app, talking to Vince Ferrara from WNML in Knoxville, the sports animal, as we do every Monday at noon. And uh, Vince, we talked about the uh, the injury to Maurer and his status, but how about the rest of the team to this point in the season? What's the health of the Vols look like? Well, another injury they suffered that seemed to be pretty significant was Trayvon Flowers, a safety who was getting some playing time, had an interception, and on his interception, Jeremy Pruitt said in the postgame he broke his leg. However, today he wasn't as definitive when talking about it. He said it was a lower – he was asked if he would be out for the year, and he said, well, it was a lower leg injury. We'll find out more later today. So unless maybe it was, you know, misdiagnosed or someone – you know, told him it was more significant than than they thought it, it or it was more significant than what it really was, perhaps. Um, so he's a little bit of an unknown, but he was getting some playing time. They were doing some different things with at at different times against Mississippi State with uh, like a three safety look, three deep safeties, and um, you know, just changing up some of what they were doing schematically as well at times, just to confuse Mississippi State, and it worked. Uh, so. Uh, you know that that's another notable injury for them. Another another thing that's not necessarily an injury, but it's going to impact them, is Henry Toto was ejected from that ball game for targeting, and so he's going to be out for the first half right. against Alabama, and they are ultra thin at that spot as it is. So Corvaris Crouch, who had been getting, he was he was he was even started a couple of games ago at outside linebacker. He's getting reps last week in practice at inside linebacker, just as sort of a of a backup for them in case they needed him. Well, when Toto was ejected, he had to play inside linebacker, and that's really their last true inside backers that have had any playing time whatsoever. They also have J.J. Peterson, who is highly rated four star that has not been able to get on the field uh, at all. And you know, to me, that that's you know, that's on the kid because he, you know, he's been nicked up here and there, but he was the one that showed up that got in late last, last year, then wasn't in shape, then could really never find a role. And now he's still, even in the off season, he still hasn't been able to get on the field with plenty of opportunities and guy with a ton of, of talent in the recruiting process. So they, Jeremy Pruitt mentioned him has a possibility today, have a, a young guy, Salon Page, Who's been in the program several years? That you know, he's just uh, hasn't been able to crack the lineup, so he could play. They've converted safety here and Beasley that might be able to play. So I mean, it is really, really thin at that spot. So well, they'll just try to manage that first half until Toto comes back. But 
those are probably the the two most significant ones. And they, Riley Locklear probably is the other one. He didn't play. He did start two games ago at right guard. He didn't play. And a number of different guys rotated out at that right guard spot. So we'll see what his status is and the possibility that he could return against Alabama as well. Vince, when you take the, the start against Georgia and then the win this weekend against Mississippi State, you've definitely seen improvements in the way the Vols have been playing. It re- finally resulted in a win. Obviously, Alabama going to be a tough tough uh, outing. We know how that's probably going to go, but how much of this is sustainable moving forward and could hopefully lead them to some other wins that might turn the season around? Well, it's a great question, Chase. I, I I do think that at least now you have to really consider the sustainability of it and if it could lead to more wins. Because I, I took, I know I took the approach. I got I got to see it more than a half to believe it. And you know, one of the more impressive things they did against Mississippi State was finishing the game. And, you know, there's always that, oh, boy, here we go again. We've seen this before. And then Tennessee would, you know, would would fix a bad play and get back on track. And then they had the long drive. I think it was 91 yards at the end to seal it uh, with that Tyler Bird catch and run. So I, I think that was one of the more impressive things. And then when you get a chance to, show those guys how to close out a ball game even when you don't play your best and win an SEC game which have been hard to come by I think there there is something to build off of there more than just you know a half here a first half here a first half there um, I, I, I think that you have to consider for the exception of Alabama and, and honestly I wouldn't give them uh, much hope against Missouri although you just never know with you know with Missouri. I mean, South Carolina upset uh, Georgia, so I guess a lot of things are on the table this year. But outside of those, you have to, South Carolina, Kentucky, certainly Vanderbilt are all in play for them. And then there's the 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 UAB game, so you have an opportunity to now suddenly at least show that hey, this team is not just doing what it did last year with a spike up and then two down, spike up and then two down they're obviously not going to win this week but after that you can get some wins and i don't know about getting back to a bowl game but at least you can have that conversation and the most optimistic of fans can make a case of it because tennessee has shown a little bit of improvement and then also because some of those teams and are having their own struggles also with uh you know so that that adds to uh, you know, make it a little bit more realistic as well. What's been the uh, the the voice of the fan? How have they felt after this one, and and how do you think that affects attendance moving forward? Well, a- attendance overall, I didn't think was great uh, in the game they announced. I want to say like eighty five thousand. It was, um, yeah, eighty five thousand four sixty two was the the attendance. It's never that. There was some maroon in in the house, and you know Jimmy Himes, who uh, has followed up, he, he guesses each time. He's probably the best at it from our press view. He thought fifty five sixty was the actual attendance. Um, you know, I, I would maybe think a little bit higher than that, but he's been he's followed up, and he was told that in a lot of his guesses in attendance, he's been 
pretty close to accurate. So that's still not a great number. The noon game was cloudy. It wasn't really raining or anything. It was cool. It was comfortable. Uh, so I, I think I think it can. I think fans still are overall are mixed in what they feel about this football team. I mean, guys, there's still people complaining about the way, even after the win on the postgame video, people were still, a, a number of them, complaining about Jeremy Pruitt drinking water during while people were asking questions during the press conference. I mean, like, you, you know, that's, well, you, you act, he's in there drinking water like he played in the game. <laughs> Stop. Well, you know what that is, though? That's people that have already made up yeah. their mind. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. and we're, we're experiencing a little bit of that with, with Mariota. I mean, people right. have just, now Jeremy Pruitt's body of work is not longer than Mariota's. This is year five for Mariota, right. but we're experiencing the same thing. It's just the people that have made up their mind. They 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 they're moving yeah. on from you know said individual, whether it's coach or player. Right. So they they until until they they do something much more significant, or maybe even not even then, if they've already made up their mind. I I, I we've had some people say, well, you know, this only slows the process down. If he wins enough games, they're going to keep him around longer. You know that that type of thing because, like you said, they they have made up their mind. It's it's all over the place, honestly. And you know the the how much they believe that this changes things overall. But there are still optimistic fans that that now are excited that because of the quarterback play and because they've played better. Those two things. You going to be in town on Saturday? What are you doing? Yes, sir. Have a little MMA. It's Valor Fighting Challenge sixty five fight night at the fairgrounds. Uh, I know uh, those, those events at the fairgrounds will come to an end pretty soon once uh, the MLS stadium uh, gets built. But uh, the uh, the pay-per-view, MMA pay-per-view on flowcombat.com, uh, and always fun to come to the mid-state. So if uh, anybody gets an opportunity, go out and see some great MMA action. It's always great cards, uh, perfectly matched um, all the time. It's just uh, it'll be it'll be exciting. Some really good fights. Go see them. Because then they're going to go to the UFC, and then they go to WWE. So that's the kind of the path. That's how it works. It starts at the fairgrounds, <laughs> UFC, then wrestling. Yep. Came hey, Velasquez. I'll take that path, too. Yeah. I'll yeah, take good. that cage side, the ringside path, yeah. too. It's not a bad path. Vince, really appreciate it. Have a great week. All right. Hope, uh, hope the leg is uh, doing better, and you guys have a great week. All right. Uh, it is. Thank you for asking. Vince Ferrara. Uh, WNML, the sports animal, there in Knoxville. We talk to him every Monday at noon. We'll have This Is What I Know at 1245. So that's coming up in about 15 minutes. But we'll get back into what's been the heavy discussion. Joe Rex wrote at 1 o'clock. We'll check in with Willie out in Vegas at 1.30. So a lot more coming here on Darren, Donick, and Chase on this Monday. ESPN 1025, the game. Two in a row for the Broncos. Meanwhile, for Tennessee, that's going to be a long flight home and a lot to think about for the Titans. Final score, Denver wins 16-0. We have a job to do. We have a job to prepare each and every week, and we get one chance a week to to go out and perform. Uh, put that coaching and a preparation uh, to test against another team, and that's, that's what we have to do. It's, it, it's a long season, and the only way you get out of this is, is to fight and, and practice and prepare and then obviously execute. Because you had a bad day, you take one down. Well, it is true. It is a long season. Ten more to go. But right now, through six, two and four. Looks a little bleak. Good news is Jacksonville lost. 
Indy was on a bye, and the Texans went in just like the Colts. Wow. How about the AFC South? Goes into Arrowhead the last two weeks and beats the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The Colts and Texans. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Chiefs look vulnerable right now. Well, they, they look. It, let's just be perfectly honest. Patrick Mahomes is banged up. He's out there playing at a certain percentage. He's got a bad wheel. Everybody can see it. He's limping and hobbling around the last two weeks. Am I making excuses? No. That's part of it. But their defense cannot stop a nosebleed. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They, they if need he's, help If he's defense. healthy, it doesn't matter. We've already seen it. It doesn't matter. They're going to score the playoffs. Four, they're going to score 48 points. Not if he's healthy. Not if he's healthy. Well, look, the Andy uh, Reid factor is real. Look, uh, the Patriots defense could slow down Patrick Mahomes the way the Patriots defense has been playing this year. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to because those are the two best teams in the AFC, right? Yes, they are. When, and it's likely going to be in Foxborough, the AFC championship, if it's those two. Possibly. I mean, if if, yeah. the, if the Chiefs keep losing games. I'm, I, I'm just saying, if he's healthy, it doesn't look – they are losing because Mahomes is banged up. He is playing at whatever percent. It's nowhere near 100%. And I get it. That's excuses are for losers, and it doesn't matter. He's suiting up and playing. That's part of it. But you look at his body of work before, and you look at his body of work now. By the way, pick six. Who throws for more yards? They were separated by seven. Deshaun Watson won. Yeah. By the way, by seven yards. But but what the Colts and Texans have done the last couple of weeks is show. While yes, Mahomes is banged up. There's a formula for beating the, the Chiefs, and that is running the ball, keeping the ball out of that offense's hands because they both times the Colts and Texans dominated time of possession. Yeah. Just dominated it. Oh, the Colts especially. It was bad. It was bad yesterday with the Texans. Yeah. It was close to 40 minutes. Yep. Ran was it really almost, that? It was oh, 40? Yeah. Wow. It, it was close to it, mm. and they ran for close to 200 yards. That's the formula. Chief, mm. The Chiefs cannot stop anybody. No. They're de- I mean, that's n- that has been there all year. Right. That, we know the Chiefs and that, that will that can come back to bite him for sure. Could. I mean, even with Pat Mahomes healthy. so It's not going to change. No. They're not going to be world beaters. No. Second half of the season. They made a coordinator change. Right. So they, they tried to do something coaching-wise, but they're just not that good on defense. But, you know, like I said, when you lead the league in every offensive category, it's a little bit easier to find ways to win. Let's go to Chris. Chris, what's up? Oh, uh, yes. Is this the Tennessee Titans emotional support hotline? <laughs> yes, it is. Go ahead. Okay, great. I just have one question for you guys. As of uh, 12.36 Central Standard Time, is Arthur Smith still the Titans offensive coordinator? Yes. At last check, yes. Good God. <laughs> that's, that's it. it. And that's a walk. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, Are you concerned about that? Much, I don't know how much blame is on Arthur Smith. I mean, he certainly yeah. has to shoulder some of this. There's right. no doubt. I've already said that they've been unimaginative the last eight quarters. They've been very predictable the last two games. Very predictable. You mean which, a swing pass to Deion Lewis on third and four? I mean, honestly, he, l- let's just say this out loud and hopefully that they're listening. Everybody knows – that that's the play. Do you understand? Yeah. That play is not working. Now, it would help if the quarterback could actually could complete that pass and actually put it in the running back's hands. That's another story. But we've seen all year. The swing pass to Deion Lewis, um, that's defenses sniffing you out. They have figured that play out, okay? Do something different. 
Well, didn't he complete it yesterday to Deion Lewis on that third and four? And they lost a couple yards? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. The thing with Deion Lewis, it doesn't matter if you complete it to him. He hadn't been able to do anything with it. So No. I mean, that, that hasn't worked. That just hasn't worked. And I was on the signed Deion Lewis bandwagon, and it hasn't worked. I mean, the swing pass to Derrick Henry where Henry fell on his butt, that was one of the most embarrassing plays of the season so far. I'm with Darren that I think Arthur Smith has to shoulder some of the blame because everybody in that organization has to do that right now. I think it's it's predictable, and I don't know if that's because of the quarterback or quarterbacks in this situation, but at the same time, you know, there are bigger problems. And I, and I think Arthur Smith is is learning as he goes. It's only his sixth game so I still I'm not ready to give up on him as the OC yet. Well, I'm just the problem that I'm having with this team is a fractured room, and I'm just worried that they, they can't change the offense. And if they can't change the offense, you know, even right. if they're saying all the right things defensively, they're on the other side of the ball going. Does it really matter what we do? Yeah, I mean, and, and, if, if we can't score any points, does it really matter? I mean, if we're gonna go in saying we have to keep the opponent. I mean, you know, that's nice for what Kenny Vaccaro said. That's great. And, and, you know, they're saying all the right things, but give me a break. If you need to be the 85 Bears to be successful this year, if that's what your defense has to be, or the 2000 Ravens or any other great defense that we've seen in the last three decades, give me a break. One, they're not going to be one of those. They're very, very good. They're good enough to win them games. They've given up 30 points in the last two weeks, and they've resulted in, in two losses. 30 points in two weeks in today's yeah. NFL. That's good enough to win. Sure. You give up 14 and 16, you should be winning games. When you give up less than 20 points, more times than not, like nine out of ten times, you should be winning games in today's game. Back in the day, that's different. But we're not back in the day. We're in 2019. In 2019, all the advantages are for the offense. It's about scoring points. And you hold a team to 20 points or less, you should be coming away with Ws. And I I just worry that if they can't get this changed, does that locker room become fractured? Because I think that could already be starting. I think the offense is frustrated. I think we talked about that earlier. I think guys like Delaney Walker and others are like, my goodness, like what does it take to get the ball? Like anywhere near me. Like that's got to be right. frustrating, and, and you know they they don't help themselves with dumb penalties. I mean Taylor Lewan, dude, stop it. Okay, just stop it. Gosh, false starts. I mean, come unacceptable. on. Unacceptable. It's just at this point, it's unacceptable. And I understand he missed the first four weeks, but that's his own doing. You just you have to be better than that. Here, I, I, by the way, let's let's play this clip while we're talking about this. This is something that stood out to me that we haven't even discussed. Here's Mike Vrabel about leaders on offense. Who are the leaders on offense, Mike? You know, I think Ben's a really good leader. I think Dion leads. I think Delaney leads. I think there's a lot of guys that start to lead in their own way. And I think that by doing your job and, and, and improving each and every week and playing with great effort, you know, that's how things get defined. Um, let's see. Ben Jones, your center. Yep. Dion Lewis, whatever he is, he's okay. I guess he's just a third down specialist. Not much of a role. Delaney Walker. Yep. That so there's, there's some no, names I didn't hear. So the left tackles the highest paid in the league. Yep. Didn't Taylor, hear him. Taylor Lewan. Didn't mention Taylor Lewan. Highest paid left tackle in the league. Your 
quarterback who was drafted number two overall, so your quarterback didn't get mentioned. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't mention defensive players, which I, I – No, but it was but, asked about offense. Right, yeah. Offense. So, it was just what offense. About the, this is about offense. That's concerning to me. That's it's very concerning. concerning. Think uh, of all the first-round picks they've spent on offense in Jack. the last five to six years, and he didn't list one of them. Conklin? No, of course. Those are the three, no are the three you come, come up with. You paid Saffle a ton of money, and I get it. He's new to the room. Okay. You drafted Corey Davis fifth overall. This is year what? Three. Year three. A.J. Brown's a rookie, so not, not to expect there, but I think the two that jump out at me is the highest-paid left tackle in the league and your quarterback, not mentioned by the head coach. Wouldn't that be the perfect opportunity, whether you're going to bench him or not, but just to defend your quarterback, say, you know what, even in this situation, he showed signs of being a great leader. And maybe he did, but Mike Vrabel didn't mention that. You mentioned the center and the third down specialist. Right. Uh, by the way, no Derrick Henry mentioned. I mean, when, if everybody says for them to have success, if we said the big three or the big four, who would be in the big three or the big four if they were to have success on offense? Mariota. I mean, to, uh, to anybody, whatever. Yeah. Take it however you want. If I say Mariota, for Davis, them to have success, Mariota, Davis, Henry, Lawan. That would be the big four, in my opinion. Yeah. And then if you say the big three, then who you taking off? Either Henry or Corey Davis. So if we all think that's the big three or the big four, if you're saying for the Titans to have success on offense, who are the big three and who are or the big four? Well, and none of them are mentioned as your leaders in your offensive room by your head coach? That's concerning. Don't to you me. think if you're going to mention a big three, it should be Mariota, Davis, and Henry? Because if you have an offensive line that's worth anything, you're not talking about the offensive line. And the problem is, we're always talking about Taylor Lewan and the offensive line because of the problems that they have. Most good football teams that that have a good offensive line, you don't talk about them because they're doing their job. They're the un, unsung heroes. You only talk about them when they're not doing their job. Like Delaney, I expected. Actually, we should have Delaney probably. Yeah. Makes, probably Delaney's on the list. Delaney, I expected. Because he should be. Actually, sure. now that I think about it, that's he's one of the big three or big four. He has to be on that list. But your center and your whatever he is, Deion Lewis. Right. Wow. Another okay. running back. This is what I know. Tell us what you know. That's next to close out the third hour of Darren, Donick, and Chase. ESPN 1025, the game. It's very simple. What do you know? It's wide open canvas. Take it however you want. Just keep it clean. Pair of tickets to see the last waltz, which is an all-star celebration. The band's historic farewell concert. That'll be at Bridgestone Arena Saturday, November 23rd. Special uh, special appearance by Robbie Robertson, uh, Darius Rucker, Michael McDonald, Emmylou Harris, Vince Gill, Jamie Johnson, and a whole lot more. That's what's at stake for this is what I know. 615-737-1025. 737-1025. That's how you get involved, but you have to participate to win. And all you have to do is just tell us what you know. Let's go. Dial those numbers. Let's do it. What do you know? This is what I know. I was going to uh, be serious today, and it was going to be something you know negative about 
how I feel about the Titans right now, but I've decided no. I'm I'm going to I'm going to be in a good mood. I'm going to be happy. So this is what I know. Titans fans may remember Avery Williamson when he played here. Linebacker, we got to know him, did a player show with us. Great guy now with the New York Jets. He tore his ACL and he's out for the season. And we know that the Jets have had a, a rough go of it so far. Got their first win yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys. What I know is Avery Williamson, while on the shelf, not able to help his team, still has a great sense of humor. He posted on Instagram, or the gram as the kids say, a picture of him in full uniform, pads, helmet, everything. And he says, sometimes you just got to see if the pads still fit. Hashtag game day. Good on you, man. That's awesome. Made me laugh. A lot of people laughed. Uh, a couple of different players responded to it. So that's what I know. Avery Williamson having a good time even while hurt. What, out with an ACL? Yep. What I know is we need more participation. Let's go. Let's get these phones cranked up. 737-1025. Still have lines available as some start making their way in, but we need participation for this to work. I think, Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you because I think okay. you've got a good one that well, you were telling about telling us about during a break. This is what I know. NFL.com's scouting report of Marcus Mariota back before he was drafted by the Titans second overall in 2015 was pretty accurate. Okay. Looking back. So listen to this. In hindsight. This is 2015. This is Marcus Mariota coming out of college, going into the draft. This is what NFL.com wrote about Marcus Mariota. The weaknesses. Benefits from an offense that is predicated on simplified reads. Offense able to create wide open receivers after, after busted coverage at times. Needs to improve resetting feet when maneuvering pocket to improve accuracy and power. Tends to, quote, see pass rush too often. Will drop eyes and look to escape pocket rather than stepping to available pocket space. Frequent trips outside pocket. Increase opportunity for injury. Pocket feel is very average. Stepped into sacks he had no business taking. Didn't have to throw to tight windows often. Average processor on field. Still learning when to get rid of the ball and move to the next play. Slow to make anticipatory throws and can improve patience in allowing combo routes to mature rather than rushing the read. Missed obvious pre-snap blitzes. Drive accuracy needs work. When cutting it loose, ball tends to sail on him a bit. Arm strength is adequate but inconsistent to field side. Needs to bring hips through throws to increase zip into tight windows in NFL. Fumbled 27 times during his career at Oregon. That was a scouting report yesterday. That was well played. <laughs> Saying, "Wow!" So that That's was pretty spot on. The weaknesses, as listed by uh, Lance Zierline at NFL dot com, before he was drafted in twenty fifteen. Hmm. Wow! And, and one exercise I did last year was go back and read a Sports Illustrated article on Marcus Mariota after Oregon beat Michigan State. I believe it was his last year there. And Greg Bedard had a a breakdown of Marcus Mariota and what scouts say about him and some of the weaknesses that he has going into the NFL. And a lot of it was in here on that that draft profile as well. So some of those cautionary tales and those signs were out there of uh, of Marcus Mariota not being a complete NFL quarterback. Hmm. Interesting. And that was, of course, on the uh, the previous regime, Rustin Webster, but. Pretty spot on. 
some stuff in there that certainly have uh, come to roost over the last four and a half seasons. Let's go. Uh, let's find out what you know. Let's start things off with Seth. Seth, you're first up. What do you know? What's up, guys? This is Seth up in Franklin, Kentucky, 39 miles north of y'all, looking down at the metropolitan city of Nashville. Um, I do know that being here in SEC Nation, if you give Derrick Henry the ball, you're going to win some more games. The dude needs to get hit 12 or 13 times before he's ready to start running. And I'm almost to the point that scouting report was just read. I now know that Marcus Mariota just came out of college playing in the NFL this year, it sounds like. But give Henry the ball. Oilers were built on Eddie George. We're built on the history, guys. And that's coming from up here at the state line. Thank you all. All right. Thank you, uh, Seth. Derrick Henry was ran the ball 15 times, was targeted three times. So yeah. 18, 18 looks in the game on Sunday and playing from behind the entire they, time. I mean, Dalen Dawkins even had two carries. Yep. Sure did. Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, you get to a point in the game where you kind of have to get away from it. They're they're chasing the game, but still, Derrick Henry has proven he's been so effective. I just don't understand. Well, sometimes. it wasn't working. Obviously, Denver no, was. It, yeah, Denver did, was playing the run, and why wouldn't you? They I mean, deserve. Why, why Denver deserves force, credit? Why wouldn't you force the Titans to beat you through the air? I mean, it. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine why anybody would not do that. But Derrick Henry, less than two yards average, less than two yards per rush. Let's go to Chris. Chris, what do you know? Hey, uh, good afternoon, guys. I'm a I've been a Titans fan, born and raised in Nashville. Big Titans guy. Uh, I love watching our defense play. Um, I've attended every game this year. I'm planning on attending the rest. Um, I'm going to continue to get out there and support our defense because those are the fun guys to watch. And if if a team has a big guy on offense that they like to watch play people show up to watch that guy play well i'm going to show up and watch our defense play because i think they're fun to watch uh, i appreciate y'all's time every day and looking forward to hearing what everybody else knows all right chris good stuff have fun on sunday remember later start 305 kickoff as they host the chargers good for him they need more chris's like lots more yes thousands of more chris's <laughs> yes they do let's go to kevin Kevin, what hey, do you guys, know? I'll tell you what. This, this is what I know. If your pro hockey team outscores your pro football team, you're pretty dang gum bad. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was spot on. Can we take a little bit of the the offense, the the offensive? you know, potion or whatever that the Preds have and sprinkle that over with the Titans and then take a little bit of the defensive potion and then sprinkle that over with the Preds? Let's just do that. That'd be good. Might not be a bad idea. Is there a lab we can send that to? <laughs> I know, right? Let's go to Ty. Ty, what do you know? Uh, this way I know that you can probably do that with any quarterback is read their, their negatives when they come out. I'm pretty sure Drew Brees had some negatives about him. It's all about the development of the quarterback in the system that you're doing. Like if, if the people are not developing correctly, not saying that, that Mariota didn't get the proper training. I'm just saying that you could do that with anybody. And, and that has some negatives. Patrick Mahomes, you could probably read Patrick Mahomes stuff. He probably has some stuff that you you like, wow, give, let me give, give me pause. But it's all about development. So I just hang up and listen. Okay. Yeah, Ty, it's, it's fair. 
I mean, it, it's fair, but when all of the negatives and all of the things that were in the scouting report are things still showing their ugly head five years later, I mean, I mean that that's some of that stuff just doesn't go away. Do I? I don't disagree with you. I think that he wasn't developed properly early on, and and there's some of that that is, you know, irreparable at this point. But at the same time, there are some things that just aren't going to go away, and that's what that scouting report shows. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you could play that game with everybody. Yeah, because I mean, more times than not, rarely do they ever come out. Glo- I mean, you're you're trying. That's their job is to really kind of pick out your warts, right? Your pimples. Nobody's got very rare. I mean, when's the last time somebody came out and they're like, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect quarterback ever. Like we have nothing bad to say. Like there's nothing. They're perfect. Andrew Luck was probably as close to that. Close. Close. But still, I mean, he, he'll he have warts just like everybody else, but they still have to go number one. I mean, Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. has warts, but right now it's playing out. Okay. And everybody, the, some of the stuff that was being said is playing out now. Yeah. It's up to him to figure it out and the coaches for him to change. But that whole gunslinger mentality that was getting praised is biting them in the butt right now. I mean, he's got 11 picks, yeah, the most in the NFL, and some really bad ones. Like, stop throwing picks in the end zone and come away with zero points. The concern in a scouting report is the reason that Tim Tebow has been playing minor league baseball for the, the past three years. Yeah. Let's go to Corey. One more. Corey, what do you know? This is what I know. I attended my first Nashville SC game on Saturday night, and it was fantastic. The crowd, it was a small crowd, but there's a lot of energy, lots of cheering. The team performed really well. Titans fans, if you're tired of teams that are just letting you down, go check out Nashville SC, man. They, they're going to be have, they're going to have a home playoff game. Their offense is great. Their defense does, does really well. It was a great experience. I'm so glad I went out and got to check them out. It's my first professional uh, soccer game ever, and that's where we should be. Put some focus on that right now. If we're sad about football, go watch uh, Nashville SC. All right. Glad you had a good time. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for the call. Good stuff. All right. We'll pick a winner. We'll come back. Talk to Joe Rexroad to kick off the fourth and final hour of Darren, Donick, and Chase next.